0: years ago, Laurie Majors, my executive assistant, got a phone call from a lady in Birmingham, Alabama. At the end of the conversation, she said, Zig, she said, I believe this woman thinks she's got an impossible problem, but I believe you can solve that problem her, with her in just a few minutes if you will spend that time with her. I said, well, Laurie, tell her to meet me backstage. I'll get there about 10 minutes early. The, my schedule was such that it was about all I had. Well, I got there, and I was on uh, backstage behind the curtain on one side. She spotted me from the other side, and as she walked across the stage, I had never seen as much anger in a human being in my life as I saw in her. She almost started crying when she saw me. She said, oh, I'm just so glad to see you. I got this horrible job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everybody down there. I mean, uh, you're talking about negative nails. She was it. She said, can you help me? Now, understand I've only got about 10 minutes. So I looked at her and uh, one thing I have learned, I don't do counseling, but I talk with a lot of people who do in psychologists, psychiatry, and the ministry. And they tell me that everybody who comes to you with a problem are not necessarily looking for a solution. I couldn't understand that for a long time. Why do they bring you a problem if they don't want to solve it? Well, I can tell you why. They want to tell you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it, and you about it. And if you foul up the deal and solve the problem, they can't tell you again, you again. They want the attention that goes with the problem, and every company just about it has that kind of an individual. They want the attention that goes with griping and, uh, and complaining. Well, I looked at the lady, and it wasn't unkindly, but firmly I said to her, yes, and you know, ma'am, I'm afraid your problem is about to get worse. She said, what do you mean? I said, I believe they're going to fire you. <laughs> She was stunned. I couldn't have stunned her more if I'd hit her in the face with a bucket of ice water. She said, fire me? Why on earth would they fire me? The Inflection in her voice clearly said, they're the bad guys. I'm the good guy. Why don't they fire them and keep me? Have you ever noticed that people who are the problem never recognize that they are? They're in complete denial. They think denial is just a river in Egypt. Why would they fire me? I said, ma'am, I don't believe there's a company in America big enough to contain this much poison in one small spot. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that when somebody is about to lose something they've been complaining about, whether it's a car, a home, a mate, a job, or whatever, when all of a sudden it appears they're going to lose them, it takes on brand new value. She looked at me and said, well, what can I do? I said, do you really want to know? She said, yes, I do. That's the reason I came to see you. I came looking for help, but you sure ain't been any help so far. (laughs) I said, well, ma'am, I've got an idea and I will absolutely guarantee you it positively, definitely, absolutely will work if you will just do it. She said, I'll try anything within reason. I said, okay, when you get home tonight, all of your household tasks are complete. It's bedtime. Get off in a room right by yourself get a sheet of paper out, and at the top of it write, I like my job because. She interrupted me, she said, that'll be easy. I don't like nothing about that job. Don't like nothing about those people down there. And I said, well, just as a matter of curiosity, do you work there for benevolent reasons or do they pay you for working there? She said, well, I got to confess, they pay me. And I said, and you don't like to be paid. Oh, she said, yes, I do. I said, okay, tell you what you do. Open your notebook right now. We'll start our list of the things you like about your job. They pay you for working there and you do like it, don't you? She said, absolutely. But she just stood there. I said, no, open your notebook now and we'll get uh, busy on the list. She just stood there. I said, ma'am, let me tell you what my experience in life has been. I've discovered that in 100% of the cases, no exceptions, people who won't take step number one never take step number two. You see, she had come to me with an impossible dream. Her dream was that nice Mr. Ziegler was gonna solve all of her problems and she would live happily ever after. Well, folks, I got news for you. I can't solve her problems, I can't solve your problems but I will give you some steps that I'll absolutely, definitely, and positively will work for you as it worked eventually for her. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. Unless you're willing to take step number one right now, it's been nice talking with you. She angrily opened her notebook. Before we got through there were 22 things she liked about her job. Not only did they pay her for working there, they paid her above average. She had three weeks vacation with pay. She had a retirement program. She was in on profit sharing. She had health insurance, life insurance, and accident insurance. She lived less than 10 minutes from home. She was in on management decisions. The company sent her to three seminars a year to be paid for. She had her own private office and parking place. 22 things that she liked about her job. Now I said, ma'am, when you get home tonight, everything is finished, get off in a room right by yourself, Close the doors. Change one word from I like my job to I love my job. Get in front of that mirror. And folks, I cannot say this strongly enough, but I'm going to try. The eyes are the windows of the soul. Look yourself in the eye and with excitement and enthusiasm, say, I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because they pay me above average for working there. I love my job because I have a wonderful insurance program. I love my job before every one of the statements. You will sleep better that night. You see, there's something hidden in what I'm saying to you now. When she says, I like my job, she's really saying, I'm grateful for my job. And of all of the emotions we can have, according to Hans Selia, the number one stress pessimist in America, the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. I said, you go down that list. I like my job, I love my job rather. That is a way of gratitude. You'll sleep better the first night. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, Get back in front of the mirror just before you go to work. Get back in front of the mirror and repeat the process again with excitement and enthusiasm. I love my job because, and take the list with you. Because the reality is, you see, you will have started to change from a fault finder to a good finder. Some people do really find fault like there's a reward for it, they really do. (laughs) Take the list with you and you will be able to add to that list absolutely guaranteed. Do this every morning and every night and you will have an astonishing recovery from this advanced case of stinking thinking now i didn't say that to her but i'm saying it to you that's what it was it was an advanced case of stinking thinking well six weeks later i was back in birmingham alabama i was doing a follow-up sales seminar now the lady was not in sales but she had been listening to my tapes she had been listening to automobile university and she had discovered that everybody sells everybody who will ever hear this is in selling whether you're a school teacher, a civil service worker, a military personnel, an executive secretary, it doesn't make any difference. What you do, you sell every day of your life. There she was on the, at the sales seminar, seated on the front row, grinning so wide she could have eaten a banana sideways. I'm telling you, <laughs> you're talking about somebody that was excited, she was turned on. I said, well, how you done? She grinned even more broadly and said, Mr. Ziegler, I'm doing wonderfully well. And uh, thank you for asking. She said, you cannot believe how much those people down there have changed. (laughs) I got a lid on the line, folks. You're not going to change anybody else till you change you. Everything really does begin with you. Now, you see, the unfortunate thing, this lady had been raised in a very negative environment. First, her parents had told her that she'd never amount to anything. They said, you know, you're always late, you're always sloppy, why can't you be like your brother or your sister or whatever? When she got married, her husband had continued it, and so her self-talk had become completely negative. Everything that she said about herself was negative. You know, Like Dad said, I'll never amount to anything. Or like my husband says, I can't do anything right. But when she started changing the input, then some radical changes took place. (laughs)
1: To the Impact Secret Podcast Show Welcome to the family To my existing family As always, big up Thank you for joining On this podcast show We shift the mindset Through personal development And business I am your humble host E.D. For all you smart and intelligent folks That just simply means Ed Now, pull up to the dinner table I got some stories to tell You know Mr. Fist's slogan Never rest in the middle Always rest at the end Three impact secret value points That's going to be imperative, important And a driver for your life Point number one You know what you need to do You know what you need to do Value point number two Self-negative talk or better known as that inner critic Self-negative talk or better known as the inner critic Value point number three That is how it's always been Change is hard That is how it's always been Change is hard Today's episode is entitled Do you smell that? It's your stinking thinking. Do you smell that? It's your stinking thinking. Let's get to the, to today's show, family. I hope you enjoyed the Zig Ziglar clip. And what's so interesting and provocative about that particular clip is the fact that there's there were so many. Like when I listened to it, I got so excited because I've been looking for that clip for a while due to the fact that there was, that's where I first started understanding about people. Okay, let me unpack that for you. So (laughs) my friends and family know when you call or text or or we talk in person whatever however the communication line is and you start talking about something where it's a problem or an issue my question to you is are you venting or are you looking for a solution let me say that again are you venting or are you looking for a solution see i had a friend call me and the reason why I started asking that question before the conversation started is because, number one, I understand that. You need to vent, I under you get that we all need to vent if someone says, oh, you just keep on that motivation and positive mindset, no. You do need to vent. You need to get it out. But after you're done venting, now we move to the next stage or the next step in the transition. And that is how do we solve this? How do we work on this? How do we understand to take us from where we're at to where we need to go? And when I started actually doing this, it started with a friend that reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, I'm really, you know, miserable at this job and, it, you know, it's frustrating and my boss, you know, they keep finding ways to say that I'm not doing this or doing that, but they keep giving me more of the workload. And that doesn't make sense to me. Why would you give me more work if I'm not performing that well? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Are you calling me to vent or are you looking for a solution? And it, oh, here you go again, AD, all you, you, you know, that, that, that positive mind and being optimistic and everything. I can't even I can't even talk to you about it. I said, listen, again, are you calling me to vent or do you want a solution? <sighs> well, I, I really want a solution. OK, great. Now, let me understand the problem. So far, what you have told me is is that you report to somebody that you believe that does that don't respect you. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct, there, Ed. Well, great. Okay, next step. Do you enjoy the actual work that you're doing? See family, I started going through as Zig Ziglar was doing and it, the funny thing about it was it was because of that clip way back when when I started this progression. So then I went to the next thing and and the next thing and the next thing and then finally we went through everything that you know was that that he enjoyed and then the things that you know so much he didn't enjoy. After after all of that, I said, what have you done to make yourself more valuable or better yet, add a significant value to yourself? And it got quiet. And I said, is this thing on? I said, what have you done to add to become more significantly valued? He said, well, I haven't done that. How long have you been at that job? Well, I've been there for about three years. Do they have a, a training department? Do they pay for any additional education? Yeah, they, they do. Have you taken advantage of it? No. Why not? Well, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay, that's great. Did you know you want to do what you're doing now? No, I kind of fell into it. Ah, Okay, understood that. See, basically, well, what the first step, what you need to do if you really want a solution, I'm going to give you some solutions. First thing is first, Is when you leave that job today, instead of going home and turning on the TV and watching your favorite next Netflix show or watching your favorite news channel or watching your favorite sporting event, you need to pull up your laptop or your desktop and sit down, pull up your resume, and put all those three years of what you've uh, what you've um, been through, it as far as your work experience and. And update your resume. The next step, what you need to do is once your resume is updated, you feel comfortable. If you want me to review it and look it over, no problem. Send it over because I do that. I've, I've practiced it for many years. I know what works and what doesn't work because there's a software out there that that looks for certain keywords so I can help you with that. So if that's if that's, you know, OK with you next step, what you need to do is every day you need to apply for between 20 to 25 jobs. I don't care what the job description says. If you like what the I mean, excuse me, I don't care what the experience says. As long as you like the job description. Apply for it. I don't care if they say they're looking for someone for 10 years and you and you may only got five of those years or three of those years apply for it. because the next step in the strategy is, is that you're going to go on interviews or jobs that maybe is not a fit for you, but you need to understand the language that's in the industry right now. And when you get that information, this is going to allow you for when you be prepared for the job or the career that you may want. And again, it got quiet. You see, family, what we what you have to understand is is that in life, and Zig Ziglar was so right about it. And this I don't even know what year this was. I I know it was. It probably has to been about fifteen or more years. And what I realize is because I I was that way, and when I find myself slipping in that way and start going down that direction, I have to catch myself because what what it, what the problem is, family, is a lot of times is is that. We like to we know what we need to do when we know that we need to lose weight. We know we need to cut out certain things that we've been eating when we know that we've had enough in a particular job that we're working. We know that there's things there's steps that we need to take, because unless you've been there at that particular job for you know, it's, you know, since you got out of college, since you got out of high school, or since you got the job, whatever, however, you got the job, there had to either be a job before it. And if it wasn't a job before it, great, now you're going to experience something new, leaving a, a job for a different opportunity. But let's say that this is, you know, you've already left a job to come to this job. And it's been, you know, like you said, like I said, three years, then you know that the, the process that you need to go through. See, a lot of times we don't want to go through that process. See, if you have to go through that process, you remember the interviews, you remember just having to sell yourself to somebody. And then you think about, Oh, I'm going to have to prove myself all over again. I'm going to have to prove that the money that they're paying me is worth it. I'm going to have to reestablish new relationships. So you start thinking about all of the things that you are, that you currently have and that's comfortable to you instead of thinking about what what could be and what can be. See, the only reason why people won't leave a situation as in this example, as far as a job to go apply for another opportunity is because of what comes with that. What comes with that is what I described of having to be all uncomfortable again and, and having to go through those, I'll I'll say it, those job trials and tribulations of people, you know, taking your time away from you on interviews that really, they didn't want you, but you don't understand, sometimes you have to flip it on them and say, you know, you're really here to learn again, like I said, the language and because we know that family we we stall and stall and then it gets to the point 3 years turns into 5 years 5 years turns into 7 and then even sometimes what may happen is is that a new re- regime may come in or a new manager and they want to go in a different d- direction and they lay you off or fire you one of those two and then you you're you're stuck in like how did this happen like I didn't see this coming well you you didn't see it coming is because you really wanted to leave, but it, you was forced out. And sometimes that can be a great thing because now you are even more motivated to make a decision because now all those things, those comfort zones that you were laying in. Are no longer there. So now you don't have any excuses, it's sort of like the the parent that or, or the parents that say, well, we'll wait to our, our kids go to school or, you know what, we'll wait until we retire to go and enjoy that dream vacation or get that dream car. I don't want to wait until I retire. I want that now. I want to I want to live in abundance now. I don't want to wait. 10 20 30 years from now meaning if I'm not if I'm sitting there waiting and not working and doing the things that's required to achieve those things that I may want so family that's one of the things we have to look at when we are look when we are shifting our mindset from that stinking thinking also another thing is that self-negative talk that inner critic oh my god it is that that inner critic I tell you they get two thumbs up because when, it, when that inner critic uh, sets in, it's a fight. And that's why I really truly understand that the mindset is a battleground. This morning, I woke up, family, and I woke up late. I had my alarm set for 2 a.m. to get up at 2, and I didn't hear the alarm go off not one bit. I mean, I must have been sleeping so well. Well, I ended up getting up at 3, I think it was actually 3.47 a.m., and normally what I would do in a situation like that, because keep in mind, I've been staying so consistent that I've even that I was excited because I'm more I, I want to say I'm more of an evening or a late person. But that's how I used to operate until I started making. I wanted to experiment and make the shift to see if I would have more time and how would I feel waking up earlier and just getting more things done so I don't so I can move on to the next project. And I've really been enjoying it. I've I've been seeing a lot of success. I've been able to get a lot of things done. So when I woke up, finally at 347, I just busted out, started laughing. And I started laughing because of the fact that normally, what what normally do people do when they wake up late and they had planned to wake up earlier to do whatever they needed to do, whether it may be, hey, maybe he was getting, getting to work on time. Maybe it was, hey, I wanted to read this book or I wanted to meditate or whatever that thing is. And what do people normally do people normally go into they they allow the inner critic to come in have a seat and pop the the, and have the popcorn and all the candy around them what I mean by that is is they start saying you know what I should have I should have gotten up early and Now that I haven't gotten up early, I can't accomplish some of the things that I said I was going to accomplish. Now I'm going to be running late. Now I won't be able to do this now. And you start going through all of the things that you had originally had planned. You start going through all the negative self-talk that is, it starts, you know, making the situation even worse. And what reason why I started to laugh, I laughed because I said, well, what can I work on today? okay well, I can do one I can do one, two okay, I can do three I may not be able to get to four no worries i'll I'll either make I'll either wake up earlier the next day or I'll make the adjustment later on in my day if I have time to do it but hey, remember this is a marathon this is not a this is not a sprint so hey, that's just what it is and I got up and. Got to work, working out and doing everything that I need that I normally do in my morning routine. And there were some things that I had to leave out because I, the importance of was that I wanted to get some the my priorities done. And so I focused on the priorities first and then everything else. I said, well, I'll catch up on that later. And that's what we need to do, family. We have to focus on when something like I just gave you the example of waking up late, but I'm not even done there yet. So family, I make go and make my coffee. Now, keep in mind, I've already done woke up late. Now I get ready. Then I go make my coffee. Coffee is made. And for some odd reason, I grab the cup and the cup slips and all the coffee spills on my leg and onto the floor. Now, imagine you just woke up late. Now you made your coffee and you're ready to move on. Now you're going to be now you go through another a cycle of pattern of saying, now this is going to set me back five to 10 minutes because I got to clean up everything. Then I got to remake the coffee. Then I got to clean, you know, so you start going through that. And again, what did I do? I just laughed and said, well, all right, well, let me go ahead and 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 clean this up and I'll make the coffee again. He said you make it sound so easy. It's, it's not that it's just easy. It's just the fact of what was I going to do? Like was I going to, was I going to get upset and get mad about something that I didn't have any control over? I didn't have any control over that. Now that the incident has happened, that I had no control over of, preventing it at that time, because it already happened. So now I have to just go ahead and do what I need to do to, to make sure I can move forward to the next step. So a lot of times we have to start focusing on how do we block that inner critic out. And for me, how, how I block the inner critic out for me is, is I, I laugh. I literally just start make I just bust out laughing because I'm like, all right, well, this is where we're at. How do we move forward? What do we do, need to do? And, and, and it may come across as being very nonchalant. And it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nonchalant or not. I'm not sh- wanting to show that I don't care. But it's, it's that when you live this thing you call life, you're going to experience things. You're going to experience wins. You're going to experience losses. And those losses can be death. Those losses can be job losses. Those losses can be, you know, you name it. And, you know, 50 Cent had said something. And again, like I said, when, you know, when Steve Jobs talked about when the dots start to connect in that whole spill, I'm really believing that now in this stage of my life of what the dots are connecting. And when 50 said, he said, you know, he compares the loss of his mother against A lot of you know things he experienced in his life, and he said the loss of his mother was was the greatest thing he's ever experienced. And he's fifty; have went through some things, but what he was—if you allow me to unpack that—what he was saying is is that. I can get through this. I can push through this. I just need to find a solution. And finding a solution is, you know, maybe maybe I need to read more books around this particular topic. Maybe I need to listen to more information, whether on YouTube or podcasts or whatever that is. I got to go seek the information to correct this. And that's what I've done. Family, I started finding ways that I can correct certain things that I want to change. Have I been able to fix everything? No, I wish I could sit here and say that. Yeah, you know what? I've been able to perfect the way of how I've, you know, got my family bonded together. We're just no, that's not true, because there's always going to be areas that's going to need more work and it's going to take longer time. As I told you, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. And we can fall victim to that, that we, we search for being perfect, want to be a perfectionist. And we try to perfect everything around I say making sure everything is perfect, family and friends and job and all that. And it's just not possible because there's always going to be room to grow. There's always, as I put it, an area of opportunity for you to be better. So if that's the case, you might as well just go out and give it everything you got and do your best. I know that's something hard I know that's something challenging to hear at times Because a lot of times We want we want the perfect fix. We want the perfect partner. We want the perfect job. We want the perfect career. But along the way, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. I wouldn't have never thought I would have gotten here. See, to you, you guys don't know that to me, this is a a huge accomplishment to my life, even more than the degrees that I've had, even more than certain things, because of the fact that I didn't want to do this as far as, I kept dibbling and dabbling with it. And then finally, I just went all in. I said, no more, enough's enough. And I started focusing on this. I'm actually reading books on podcasting of how to be a better, how to bring you guys better value and better content. Because for me, at the end of the day, if I'm not able to, b- to provide the audience with value, what's the point of you listening for? That's why I always say when we started this, we started focusing on personal development. We started with marketing. We started with faith. We started with entrepreneurship. And the when I would go back and listen to some of the episodes and I was like, I am talking more about personal development and the whole mindset thing more than anything. I need to make the shift. And it was, I was nervous to make the shift to go to that, just a peer personal development and, a, and you know, some business, but it's really more driven around personal development. But I realized the importance of it doesn't matter what, if I gave you, if, if I gave a young, young boy, a razor and he is not ready to shave yet, that razor is useless. So that's why I say if if you go and get a business or you go and build a side hustle on the side and you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to keep going when the adversity hits. You're you're not going to have anything to fall back on. See this right here, this information I am giving you guys that I am. Taking the time to construct and create for you is just basically saying is when you have a frustrating moment, you can say, Oh, I remember that episode where he talked about stinking thinking, and let me go back and listen to that. Or you took notes and said, These were some of the things that he mentioned, so let me go ahead and apply that a lot of times it's, it's, it's just like I'm, I'm I may have shared this already if I have I, excuse me it's sort of like when you know you're going you're going to church and consistently and nothing is changing I remember a pastor said one day he said I wonder why you guys are here because I don't see any I don't see any change and I you know right away I was you yeah, caught my attention I was like wow I've never heard a pastor say that before, but what he was, what he was articulated in a, a, a direct manner was saying, what's the point of coming here? If you're going to go back, if you're going to leave out the door, the same way that you came in. Mm. That's why I always wonder, what's the point of listening to things of, of great value to yourself? If you're not going to take the first step and make the, the required change, change is not fun. You know, if anybody who ever wants to get me frustrated and they say, well, this is how things have always been. Oh, that boils me. It boils. It boils me under my skin because I'm like, so because it's always been been done that way, you're just going to accept it. Like we've always done this process this way. Okay, that's great. Is it still is it working? Uh Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. So have you ever thought to challenge it, to change it, to be curious enough to see if there's a different way to maybe run a split test? People like what? Nah. And and then you feel like sometimes you you get in a mindset when you, when you start really practicing this. And again, this is practice. So every day I have to be in tune with reading something, listening to something, because if I don't, it's easy to slip back. And when, when, that, when that happens, you can fall in a tendency to start agreeing with people that you normally wouldn't agree with on certain things due to the fact because you know that it just serves no value. So when people say this is how it's always been done, I'm like, why can't we change it? Well, nobody's thought to change it. Okay, well, let's work on it and put something together and, and figure it out. So, family, I'll I'll leave with this. I'll close with this. When you get to a a, a point in your life that you've just had enough. That you're tired. That instead of life beating up on you, instead of yourself beating up on yourself, that you're finally gonna take the stance to move forward. Do it with everything you got that you got, and you're not. You, you may not be consistent all the time, but it's the start. It's the start. A lot of people never even get started. And I know you hear it all the time Of people starting and stopping I was one of those individuals However I understood That I need to keep coming back Regardless of what happens I gotta keep coming back I gotta keep coming back I gotta keep swinging and swinging Eventually I will And you will get your homework i mean your home run this has been the impact secret podcast show i hope you enjoyed today's episode do you smell that it's your stinking thinking peace